Welcome to the Creative Rise podcast, where we believe you deserve to break the creative struggle and it should be simple. We are so grateful you're here with us today. Let's dive in. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Creative Rise podcast. This is going to be a fun one because we got another guest on today, Mr. J Top, all the way from the Gold Coast of Australia, way down there. Which down is one under. of my Down under, you're right, which is one of my favorite places ever. And I, I didn't get to go there last year or this year. And I normally go in January, February, March. So, so, it's so Joey, so we just got our fill of what Joey has been missing, the Aussie, the Aussiness that he's been missing this last year with J Top today on our episode. So much fun. He is cra- he's crazy. He in under a year has passed a seven figure mark for his marketing agency. He's the yeah. youngest person in Australia to cross the seven figure mark in an agency. As an agency right? owner, yeah. Yeah. Crazy. And he's just done it so fast. And his key to doing that is all about just asking himself the question, how do we drive attention and then just convert that attention? And Christy and I know that that is always the problem that we faced in a lot of the moments in our careers where we're like, oh, it's hard right now. Or a lot of the moments I'm sure in Jay's career where he would say, oh, it's been hard right now. A lot of the moments in your career where I'm sure you're sitting here going, it's hard right now, is when you do not have great lead generation. And so today's episode is just simply a little bit of more of just his story on, hey, how did you take something from just being a lifestyle business that helped you get by all the way to, oh, shoot, I've got a seven-figure company now with six employees that is now you know a massive machine in under a year, in a pandemic. How did he do that? And everything ties back to lead generation. So we want you to dive on in, listen to a friend of the show and uh, just a a friend from down under, Jay, talk about his experience running his company, Lion Social, as he scales this puppy and teaches you exactly what he's been doing to get it done. Okay, what's up, Jay, Mr. Jay Top? He's joining Christy and I on the podcast today, which we're so excited about. So Jay, welcome all the way from, where in Oz are you right now? The Gold Coast, Palm Beach. Palm Beach. Still that living just in- sounds nice, the Gold Coast and Palm Beach. That yeah. just sounds like somewhere I want to be right now. <laughs> uh, totally. I feel like I never even hear people call it Palm Beach, just Palmy. Yeah, yeah. Like that's normally what, <laughs> crazy. You guys are going into winter, aren't you? It's getting colder. Yeah, we don't really have a winter. Winter's like- 21 degrees Celsius. <laughs> <laughs> For all of you Americans out there, that's uh, what is that? That's like 21. 70, yeah, that's probably 70 like something high 60s, Fahrenheit? 70, something like that. So that's, that's I not, like how you guys That's not bad winter. at all. But okay, so Jay, we're pumped to have you on the show for many reasons. One, we love having guests on. Two, we love having guests on that are proactive in growing their own businesses and doing something cool. Three, we love having guests on that love to help other people learn how they can break the creative struggle in their lives. And you've obviously broken the creative struggle, which we all know what that's about. Everybody's like, oh, I want to start this business. I want to do this. Or I don't have a business yet, but I'm really talented with photo video. But they never actually crack it to the point where they never actually get to like enjoy what they do to the fullest, right? They never get to sit and run stuff from their computer, eating breakfast burritos on the beach, drinking a flat white after they just served or shooting, you know, for the clients they want to shoot for because they don't understand business. So as we've told you, this is, that's exactly what this podcast is about, helping people break the creative struggle. You've got some cool insight to that, I'm sure. We actually haven't talked about it. I've listened to Jay talk about a ton of other things in life, about life. He's a really fun dude to listen to when he talks about life or travel. But I've been watching him grow this business. And I was like, we got to get Jay on the podcast because it just looks phenomenal. So we're going to ask you about that. But fun fact, first time I met Jay was in the back of a concert hall 
and you I think you had like a f- pretty fresh bowl cut, like a deep bowl cut. I had the full like yeah, it was like a like a door like a bleach blonde door the explorer sort of yeah. <laughs> yes yes hundred percent which was hilarious. Tell so, me you're wearing a backpack that is too good. I know I know it was so good. So anyways yeah I've I've watched a ton of stuff since then as you've traveled the world you've grown this business and uh, and now we're gonna chat about it today so I know I'm super excited but we got a couple rapid fire we always start these yes. episodes with guests with a little bit of rapid fire just so they can get to know you a little bit exactly um, so give the... us your quickest answers on these three questions okay ready Jay you ready yep all right first one how long have you been a professional creative this is my fifth year so four and a bit years I'm in my fifth year. Nice Sweet. in the fifth year. Okay, and then what's something you've bombed in your career? Or what's question. what's something that was just kind of like a fail, like or an embarrassing moment? Because everyone's got them, and everyone loves to hear everyone else's embarrassing stories. Oh man, so many. Probably that haircut that Joey saw me <laughs> saw me, saw me with. <laughs> And that relates to your career in what way? Because <laughs> you lo- interesting you- first impression. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> rocking up to a like a meeting with that haircut, man. No, nah, it was actually good. It kind of set me apart from from everyone else. But um, yeah, I like it. I like the positive spin on it. That's good. And then, what's a dream you have in your career in the future? So not just what's happening right now or the great stuff that's happening right now. Yeah. What are you pumped for in the future when it comes to your career? Oh man, to. S- to see the next, the way that the next generation is like learning, I'm I'm pumped to to watch that unfold and play a part in that, in the in the next um, generation of of education. Yeah, That's and so exciting. you're not even talking about necessarily like oh the way the industry is changing and the way business is being done different. You're like no no, no the way that people actually consume, digest and be and are changed by by content, right? Yeah. yeah, that's super cool. Um, okay, well, that's perfect segue into talking about a little bit about what you do. In like 20 seconds, describe what Lion Social is. Lion Social is your agency. For anyone who has no idea what Lion Social is, which is probably a lot of people because most of our audience is from America. And like, again, Jay is from Australia, but give it to us. In 20 seconds, what's Lion Social? What do you guys do? Yeah, cool. We um, partner with industry leading coaches, teachers, leaders, and help them develop intellectual property and and sell it to the masses. Yeah. Wow. That's a really good way. That's a really good way to describe that. You're real clear on that. I feel like everyone that I know that does the same thing is like, oh yeah, we help uh, build funnels, which, and they just go into things that nobody understands that doesn't understand that stuff. So we help people create IP and then sell it to the masses. I love that. That's really cool. Um, So what are the kind of the services that you give to people? Like if, if a client comes to you and goes, Hey, we want to hire Lion Social. What, what do you do for them? Yeah. So we kind of have like, we kind of have like three levels of, um, of offerings, but my favorite is, is we partner with, we'll meet a coach or a leader who um, we know that they have like valuable information. They've got a record and a history of like helping people. They're an industry leader and we'll actually partner with them in like a profit share. They supply the intellectual property. We supply the build out and then we set, we build it together with them. So essentially we're partnering with great established business owners in yeah, building a new online business with them. Nice. Phenomenal. Okay. That segues again perfectly into this question. I think this is one of the most important questions of this entire little episode we're going to do here. Why should non-agency owning creatives, people who are just photographers, just filmmakers, just graphic designers, web developers, social media managers, even people who just run ads, like we got so many people like that that listen to the show who don't own an agency. Why should that individual 
not skip out on this episode? Why should they listen to us talking with you, someone who owns an agency? Like, what is it about agencies that non-agency owning creatives just need to pay attention to? Yeah, well, I think like, yeah, I don't even really intend to talk anything about being an agency owner on this. Like, I think lead generation is the lifeblood of any business, you know? And if you can't um, generate leads, you're going to have a volatile business. If you don't have a repeat dependable like a lead generation source man you know it's going to be impossible to scale a business wow yeah it's going to be very volatile very uncomfortable totally absolutely i'm sure a lot of creatives feel that uncomfortability of not having leads (laughs) yeah that's like i mean the number one thing which is is what we're all going to talk about today just growth right and and so okay Take me back. I don't want to get too far into this because I think like the backside of this wave, there's just going to be a ton of nuggets for everyone who's going to be listening to kind of like just digest and really learn from. But take me back to before you really ramped up Lion Social because you took Lion Social from a one-man team, you just enjoying it, having fun, doing what you got to do to get by so you could enjoy every other thing in life, traveling, surfing, all that stuff, hanging out on the beach, to now, you had said earlier, one of the, if not the youngest seven-figure earner, agency owner in Australia right now with like six people on your team. And I am I would guess you're going to maybe grow that too. I know you guys just had your quarterly retreat and I saw some things and you're like, oh, hire people, hire people. So take me back to before all that growth happened, before we get into that growth, what were you doing and what kind of got you into doing this? How did you become somebody who was like, ah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help people generate leads and I'm going to help them create IP and I'm going to help deliver that to the masses and just really help. Yeah. Like you said at the beginning, change the way that people are starting to, to educate themselves and digest content. Keep it. Yeah. I think it was like, um, it was two things in my life kind of led me to here it was, it was watching my parents and gr- my parents always had businesses. And one day after school, I was about 12 years of age. Um, and their offices were just across the road from, from school. And I walked over with my backpack and walked into the office and I, I felt like something wasn't right. Um, there was like a weird energy or there was a weird vibe in the office and I, I didn't know what ha- was happening. And my dad's pacing up and down the office kind of praying and my mom's sitting down in tears and I take off my backpack. I'm like, what the, what the heck's going on here? And dad looked at me and said, son, we need $50,000 by the end of today. Otherwise uh, we're done. And in that moment, man, I just felt so helpless so alone and just like i i just wanted to be able to do something but i was like you know i'm 12 i don't know what i can do yeah Yeah. i got a backpack and a bowl cut that's what i got to offer (laughs) but i remember going to bed you know that night and making a decision that i was like naively that i was going to solve this problem for my family and then that led me on a wealth building journey that led me into um yeah lead generation i'd always hear my parents talk about leads we need more leads we need to make more sales you know mm-hmm. yeah. um, that kind of got me into that and then also you know i didn't have the greatest time at school i got expelled from three schools in two years during high school uh, quite a, a desire for education reform um yeah, yeah. come on okay That's so cool. two things led you to that you then woke up one day and said okay i'm, I'm gonna start an agency that helps people, you know, kind of develop, just draw attention and then sell that attention. 
what did that look like when you were first getting that going? We got a lot of people who listen to the show who are like, well, multi six figures, higher six figures, all the way down to people that are like, oh, I'm just looking to make my first, you know, 15 grand this year. So for those people, what what was like one or two good things that you did right off the bat? And we won't get stuck on this, but just real quick, what are one or two things that you did right off the bat that kind of helped you step into that and get set up well? Yeah. Well, I think like the first two business, the first two pillars of like a successful online business is like mindset and sales. So I got, got in the right mindset. I just consumed every piece of personal development that I could get my hands on. And I freaking got out on the street and I just like sold like a hustled. <laughs> I just did whatever it takes, no matter what. And mm-hmm. I obviously I don't do this anymore, but at the start, man, I would go around and I would have coffee with any person who would have coffee with me. I'd go around industrial areas. I'd knock on doors. I was just personal development and, and sales. That was my first. It was just a whatever it takes mentality. Yeah, I had to make something out of nothing. Mm-hmm. Totally cool. So that took you from getting started. Fast forward five years, like you said, probably a couple of years, give or take. And now, like we just said earlier, cross seven figure mark, really ramp things up. You decided earlier before we started recording, you said, oh yeah, I used to just keep my business to kind of get me by, do the bare minimum so I could surf, so I could drink coffee and lie on the beach all day and travel the world, which is what you've done. And then you said COVID hit and you were like, oh, I really want to build something outside of myself, something bigger, something that's going to have more value. So you hired a bunch of people, got some a contract that you said you crushed helping you know bring in over a million in like 5 or 6 months for some people and you're like dang I can like really really ramp this thing up and then you did that now you've got a team of 6 and I'm assuming like I said that's going to keep growing your revenue is going to keep growing it's been so fun to watch you do that that is probably what 95% of people listening to the show just want so badly is they just want growth. You know, and you you could probably find yourself in your own story. I know I can find myself in this where it feels like we're knocking on the doors, we're having the coffees with people, but for some reason things just aren't necessarily skyrocketing. Now, Lion Social looks like it's skyrocketed over the past couple months, the past year, the past year and a half. And Christy and I want to like get to the bottom of why you think you've been able to grow something quickly and why you think you've been able to grow something from, again, an external perspective, it looks like in a pretty healthy way. Like, it looks like you're not just a one-man team, again, control freak being like, nah, I'm going to do everything. Like, like you've got you've got really cool people doing really cool things for you, helping out daily, who wear that kind of flag on their chest of, oh, I'm a part of the Lion team. So everyone wants that growth, but most people don't get it. So what do you think the biggest thing that you in your own journey needed to master? I know you just said sales and mindset, but take us past that. What's the next thing that you feel like you had to master in order to get ready for that growth, right? Because as as we all, all three of us probably sit here and, and mutually agree on, like, you've got to be ready for growth before it's going to it's gonna hit you, right? And I'm, I'm sure you talk about that with your clients all the time. So what was it about you and about the earlier stages of, of Lion that you were like, even in this past year, like, ah, I got to get really good at this if I'm going to grow this thing? Yeah, cool. Yeah, there's a couple of breakthroughs. So yeah, like I said, like mindset and sales, I think are the key to unlocking like 10K a month. Um, and if you have a great mindset and you can sell, you can get to 10K a month. And I kind of plateaued that and I wanted to go to the next level. And our ability to do that came down to the next two pillars, um, which is lead generation and amazing product um, or delivery. So a lot of um, a lot of the problem I think a lot of owners face is that they have to set aside a certain portion of their their revenue um, to lead generation. Uh, we were able to actually start making money on our lead generation, 
And instead of um, trying to get free leads, we were selling digital products. So the leads would pay for themselves. And then we're actually mm. making money on our leads. So there was infinite, an infinitely infinite source of leads that were actually making us money on automation, which yeah. was crazy. So rather than me going and knocking on doors, all of a sudden I was getting paid just to run, to run ads and, and people were wanting to work with me that way. So that like, so yeah, a lead generation machine where I could make money on the front end. Just like- yeah. So, okay, let, let's break that down before we get into the next one. So you're saying, which I think is awesome, you're saying most people when they'd go, okay, we need to scale, we need more sales, they're going to go, oh, how much is that going to cost us in overhead to go accumulate you know, that new email list of people or this or that? Or how much time is that going to cost me, which costs me money because I got to go knock on all these doors. Or you're saying, no, 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 there's a way to get paid if you do it right, there's actually a way to get paid to generate new attention, which is going to turn into even more back-end sales. Break that down for somebody who is a photographer, filmmaker, graphic designer, owns a, you know, a web development company, something like that, who's going, I need that. Because every time I try and get more you know, leads, I have to pay some dumb company like HoneyBook or something to like advertise me or I have to pay like Craigslist or something like that. You know? Or I'm, paying, I'm just paying into Facebook, but I'm doing it poorly. And so I'm actually losing money. I'm not getting what Jay's talking about. Break that down. Well, they're like the most simple, like it's third grade maths, you know, if I can, if I have a $20 product and I can put $20 into Facebook ads and sell that $20 product, um, I've just like opened that door to unlimited leads. So it's essentially, yeah, we, we build like digital products um, that our target market wants. Mm market that wants to buy our higher ticket what is their desire at a smaller scale that we can sell them for twenty dollars cover ourselves on the front end or make money on the front end and then yeah put them into the 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 bigger funnel where we yeah because i think a lot of traditional way of lead generation or traditional way of marketing was people lose money on the front end and make money on the back end of course yeah yeah truly know what you're doing um and you like really honed in on your marketing you can be profitable at all stages of the journey especially the front end yeah, no, that's super good. That is so true. That's such a difference between traditional versus kind of like that new wave, like you're talking about. So, what does that what does that look like for again? Because I bet you there's people sitting here going, "Dang, like that sounds incredible." How the heck do I do that? How did you? I know you you briefly touched on it, saying figure out what their big desire is and what does that desire look like on a smaller scale. How would you like make that even simpler? Or what's an action step around that for someone going, "Okay, I want to sell somebody on a wedding." Or I want to sell a company on a headlining video because I'm a filmmaker. Or I want to sell somebody on a website. Like, what would an actionable step for them be for them to create that smaller like tripwire or whatever you want to call it? Yeah, cool. So, for example, one of our clients teaches tradespeople, um, like carpenters, electricians, builders, plumbers, how to scale their their businesses, and he does like consulting, one on one consulting is his high ticket kind of product. So on the front end, he has a book and it's called Trade Made. Um, you can check it out at trademadebook.com. It's a, it's a beautiful funnel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and he sells a book for 20 bucks. And then there's several upsells in there. There's like the audio. Um, he's got like an upsell at 197, like a little, um, like a bunch of downloads and he's got a course at 99, uh, sorry, $997. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it's, it's not super important what that product is, but it's just playing the game of, can I sell this for what it costs? Mm, 
Yeah, so you're saying can the the name of the game is can you just sell it for what you've had to pay into it, right? Just so you break even, if not profit. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Cool, cool. Okay, so number one is you're saying lead generation is so crucial when you're about to scale anything. And so coming up with a system of going, how can I generate attention for high ticket stuff, but but actually close them on something smaller just to get them in the door? Because then, like you said, the leads are endless going out from that, right? Yeah, and that's the biggest, that is just like the biggest breakthrough. That's when you leave the hustle behind. That's when you, yeah, that's when you stop making phone calls and you just unlock just an insane amount of leverage in your in your life and business. I think when you, yeah, totally, yeah. totally. And what was that? What was the second thing you were going to say? You said, oh, there's two things. Yeah, the second thing I think I really got into the work of Dr. D Martini, and it's all about like values and finding out what your highest values are and aligning your life and filling your day with high priority actions that are in alignment to your values and mm. delegating delegating everything else. Ooh, yeah. Because if I can work, if, if I'm working inside of my values, man, I'll work 24 hours a day. I don't care. I feel amazing. I'm full of life and energy yeah. and I go, go, go. And it feels so good. But as soon as I step out of my values for five minutes, man, I'm like, I'm freaking done. I'm going to have a cigarette. I'm over there. Yeah. 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 You're exhausted. What, what does that look like for you? Yeah. What, what was something that you've been like, okay, learning that if I want to really scale this thing, I've got to be like working within my, a friend of ours just actually wrote a new book, pretty similar to that. And he calls it your green zone. What's your green zone, yellow zone, red zone. So what does that look like for you? Like what was something that you used to do that you no longer do anymore because it doesn't actually put you in a, yeah. you know, in proximity to, to energy for you. That's like, ah, oh, I just really feel feeling this and I could work all day. What's something you used to do? That's like, ah, I don't do that anymore. Pretty much I've, I've for the better part, taken myself out of the whole kind of delivery side of the business. Okay. Uh, a lot of, the t- I used to have to spend a lot of time writing copy, running Facebook ads, working with our designer to get everything clean being at all the shoots, but now I'm just fully focused on vision and where I'm taking, where, where we're taking the business. And of mm. course I've, I've got to manage. There's a, yeah, there's a management element of what I have to do managing the team. But at the end of the day, I'm got my eyes forward and I'm focused on casting the vision for the future and working on the, our lead generation stuff, working on our team and ops stuff, our finances, rather than getting, because it's so easy to get so bogged down in the product delivery side of things. And that was that getting bogged down in the product delivery side of things was really disempowering for me and really took away my energy. Yeah. Was that hard to give up at first or because you were a one man show before. So was that hard to give up that kind of not giving up control, but you're actually like giving other people the opportunity to step up and do that. Was that hard for you? I'm sweet at like releasing people. I think the biggest gap for me was I was so bogged down that I needed somebody to come in and take over, but straight away it was actually going to take me more time to train them than what it would take me just to do it. So I had to cop that for about a month while I set up all the systems and just like have a bit of a hell of a month and do double mm-hmm. work that I normally do, even though I was like so stressed out on that amount of work already. Yeah. Cop it this month, build all the systems out, and then I was free. Oh. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I think there's a couple of good things in there. So two questions. The first one is, what did system building look like for you? Because I've seen this question float around a lot of the people that listen to the show. And we get asked this question. We talk about this in what our systems look like and system building looks like for us. But for you, 
Because again, yeah, that's such a powerful tool is going, okay, I might have to double down and work just as hard this month or double as hard, but then it's going to be released from me and it's going to be, it's going to be good. And then they're going to be able to create systems. It's going to keep going. It's going to be a domino effect. But what was that system creation looking like for you in the beginning? What were a couple of things like, okay, if I can do this really well, this really well, they'll be clear and they'll be able to work well. Give some people some advice on what creating systems for Jay looks like. For sure. So one of my most time-consuming tasks was in business manager, Facebook ads every day. And I just kind of would do my media buying kind of quite intuitively. And I had my key metrics, but I would kind of just like, you know, I'd do it very intuitively. And I'd be making sure everything's profitable, but I'm just kind of in there doing my own thing. But then I had to sit down and say, no, what am I actually doing here? Because I am using a system. It's just not clear. So I had to go through and work out my and build my system over about six weeks of how do I make Facebook ads profitable and how can I give this instruction manual to a staff member so they can just follow this and do this every day and we'll be good. And it took time, but that that was probably the biggest one was was putting a like an instruction manual of this is how we win. Mm. So a legit manual. So you actually like developed something going, hey, this is how we win. If you do this, 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 and this, it's going to work. Yeah, here's our key metrics. We don't let emotion make the decisions. We let data make the decisions. This is our system for writing copy, for testing copy, for scaling campaigns, for yeah. testing creatives. And just instead of me intuitively doing it, getting it clear, um, all written down in a, in, a, in a system. Yeah, cool, cool. And uh, back to that second question, how did you figure out that you're now going, okay, I don't sit and you know, sitting business manager all day. I don't do all these things. Like I know you said that's something that really drains you in the vision side of things. It gets you fired up. How did you actually delegate? Okay. What do I love versus what do I not love? And, uh, for, yeah, for someone who's just sitting here going, okay, I've got, I'm a, I am a single man show. If they're sitting here saying that going, I need to actually delegate stuff out. Jay's done it. Jay said that he loves this. He doesn't like that. It doesn't seem as easy. It doesn't seem as black and white for me. Like, how do you make that black and white for people? Do you, did you have a way that you did that? Um, or was it just clear? There's like this quadrant my coach got me to go through and it was like, what are things I'm good at and that I love to do? What are things that I'm good at, but I don't necessarily love? What are things that I'm bad at, but love? <laughs> and one of the things that I'm terrible at and don't love. <laughs> and I kind of cut the bottom half and then tried to stick as much as I could into the first one and get, yeah, and, and just do the bare minimum and the rest. Nice. So trying to focus, focus my time on what am I good at and what do I love doing? I'm um, yeah. asking myself those two questions. That's great. And you said that's kind of the hinge point where you go, okay, this is when my business can actually really scale because I took it to those 10K months and that's what I could do on my own. But then how quickly when you did that, did you start to see the growth happen? So I was kind of, yeah, bouncing between 10 to 15K. And then I kind of um, hired two guys in the space of about a month. And we did our first 50K month that month. Wow. Crazy. That's incredible. So immediately. Oh, okay. Power of delegation. Yeah. Right what is there. it? What does it? What does it look then look like for you to go? Okay, I got my four quadrants. I'm chopping off the bottom half, but you don't just chop off the bottom half and throw it out. You chop off the bottom half and go. Okay, who can I find that's actually great at this and loves to do it, or is great at it and just kind of likes to do it? What's your process then look like when you go? Okay, I now know what I'm not going to do. How do I go and fill the gap and find somebody to do that? 
Yeah, well, I find somebody who's almost like the opposite of me, somebody who finds those things empowering and finds those things in alignment with their values. Yeah, and as far as like hiring goes, that's something I need to build a system for. I don't have a hiring system, (laughs) to be fair. (laughs) I kind of just use my network. Um, Yeah. Nice. Hey, that's a great great place to start and who you know. That's awesome. That's really cool. Well, that's awesome. So kind of going, moving back into, we started talking about clients a little bit, like a little bit of that. And I think the question every creative has is, okay, how do I get like bigger clients? How do I get clients that are going to pay me more? How do I, how do I move out of maybe my network and into bigger like clients that maybe I'm a little more intimidated by or whatever it is? What would you say, what advice would you give to people in approaching and connecting with higher ticket clients? Because obviously you've worked with some really big people and people that are doing really big things. And you're not only just approaching them to help them with something, but you're also like almost building a secondary business for them. So it's a very intimate partnership. How do you move towards those clients in a way that obviously has had you stand apart where they've chosen you? Yeah. For our, like for our lower ticket stuff, it's all automated, which is dope. But for our, like when we're attracting really high performing individuals, those really high level coaches that we want to connect with, we've got a couple of different things. First thing I think is like, like, like attracts like, and that when you start working with one high performer and start doing like a really good job, he's usually got like four or five buddies that he wants to introduce. Mm -hmm. Mm. And once we've nailed it, for one like high performer we've just they've just opened up their network to us which has been dope and and another thing is uh, another lead generation tool that i've used and we are using to find more high performers is we're actually filming like a documentary at the moment we're in the research phase of filming this documentary and we're interviewing coaches leaders um in in the space that we want to work in so it's almost so that's kind of also like great for our network as well pitching this documentary idea to some amazing, amazing leaders and yeah. And, and interviewing them. That's amazing. Kind of like a podcast, but we're doing it for like a documentary and that's really helped grow our network as well. Yeah. I love that. I love the idea behind that is like, you're giving them something of value almost for free, right? You're giving them a platform and something that they need, right? Every probably high performing coach is just looking for more platforms to be able to stand on. So I think that that's brilliant. That's yeah, cool. That's super innovative. What made you come up with that idea? And again, I, I, when I, when you hear you say that, I'm like, oh, that sounds like a complete like J idea. He's very innovative. You seem like just sporadic and like, oh, let's do something that other people aren't willing to do. Whether it ties back to your personal life, having a bowl cut, traveling, becoming the fastest marathon runner in Palestine, <laughs> which is a hilarious story on your on your Instagram. But yeah, it just seems like, oh, most businesses, most agencies wouldn't go, I'm going to create a documentary that is so aligned with the people we want to work with to the point where we're just building great relationships with these people and we're going to end up working with them. What made you come up with that idea and what advice would you have for the listeners that are going, how can I like, kind of go the extra mile in my field in a similar way? Yeah, I probably should have kept that a secret. Hey, it's a pretty, it's a pretty good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I think we saw like the power of people in the podcast space, you know, and the, the power of networking in the podcast space. But I think we found that a lot of the high performers are constantly getting hit up for podcasts like 24 yeah. and they're only really going to go on like people with really established podcasts and not so much the little guys that, well, not that we're little, but we are little. We don't have a big, um, like, we don't have like a big following as far as like a, a podcast or anything goes. So we thought, how can we fucking stand out? How can we mm-hmm. do something? 
And so it's, yeah, the same idea of a podcast, but just like from a different angle and how to come up with that. I think I just was probably doing yoga in the sauna and just, that's where all my good ideas come to me. <laughs> yoga in the sauna, sick. <laughs> yeah, that's cool, man. I think it's a brilliant idea. Okay. Kind of last question here, the tail end here. You recently said something on one of your one of your videos on on socials. You were like, "Oh, you've grown Lion a ton, but it hasn't felt hard." And I thought that was really cool because for most people, there's like obviously there's like fun seasons and then there's like growth seasons, and a lot of the time, the like maintaining fun seasons are what's fun, but the growth seasons can suck and they can feel hard and super. Uh, just like draining and stuff. And yeah, and you like the hustle just burns people out. And it's cool that you've said, oh no, growing lion to the point it is now, like wasn't actually that hard. And then it doesn't, it didn't feel like a hustle. That's when you said earlier, you know, you kind of threw the hustle out, um, which we think is just awesome. So talk to us about that. What kind of attributed to that not feeling hard? And what can you kind of, you know, cheer people on who are going to be listening to this in that same way if they're feeling so burnt, being like, I'm either not growing or I am growing a ton right now, but it just sucks. It doesn't feel like it's proper growth. Like, how can you encourage them in, in whatever way you've done where it didn't feel super hard? Yeah, well, I think like, number one, the more fun you have, the more money you make. I'm a big believer in that. I think it's the old paradigm or the old way of thinking is, oh, I've just got to sacrifice, give up this and this and this, and then I can have that. But I, I don't think that works anymore. And I think I, um, yeah, I gave up that and I thought I, I got clear on my values and I built a business that was in alignment with my values because a lot of people will sacrifice on their values to build their business. And then they get to the that they get to the top, they, they build that business, but it's not in alignment with their values. Mm, yeah. you know? and, and hustling, working hard, doing 14 hour days, 16 hour days is, is never been in line with my values. Um, mm-hmm. Never going to build my business that way because I knew once I did, I was going to succeed. And once I did, I was going to fucking hate that business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Resent that business. I was going to resent the staff. I was going to resent myself. <laughs> yeah. I had to do it in a way where I was going to, and, and I think like, yeah, come back to the more fun you have, the more money you make. I think that's like a, a huge truth. That's a great motto. I love that. The more fun you have, the more money you make. That's yeah. great. I was going to say, Jay, do you have, do you have like a, the desire to run ahead of your values though? Like I'm sure there's days where you're like, oh, it's four, it's four o'clock. I'm feeling it. I could work for another eight hours. I could work till like, you know, the middle of the night. What do you do to kind of pull you out of that and go, no, 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 no. Like this is what I've committed to. And even though I probably, there's days where, yeah, the momentum hits and you're like, I could totally work. Or there's seasons where you, I could continue to just push past my values. What do you do to bring you back or bring the entire team back and go, no, like we're, we're going on a team run. Like I saw you guys do the other day. We're going to have fun. What do you do to, to kind of pull you, your whole team into that? Yeah, I think just coming back to yeah, remember, remembering why I started this business in the first place. Because I think especially as you start scaling, the e, you might e, I know for me, my ego really came out. And I'd get into the office and I'd be like, I'm going to make the biggest business ever. I'm going to do this and this. And then I had to come back and, and, and remember, oh, that's actually just my ego talking. That's actually not what I want. And just coming back to the, yeah, what is the life I'm trying to create? What's my perfect day look like? Okay, let's, let's, let's work with that. And that's one thing I've learned while scaling, scaling in business is like, 
yeah, the, the ego really just wants to keep growing and growing and growing. And I got to come back and ask, well, why, why do we, what are we growing for? Mm, mm. That's good. That was a phenomenal question. That's really cool. This is like a general broad advice question. So take this wherever you would like, but there's, if someone's sitting and listening to this podcast, they're creative and they just feel stuck. Like maybe they were sort of in a place where maybe you felt before Lion really took off where you're kind of like, ooh, I'm actually itching for something different. I'm itching for more. And they kind of feel stuck. What advice would you give to that person? Yeah. Yeah, cool question. I think it's sometimes it's hard to cast a vision of, of your future when you, when you feel stuck. I think a lot of the time our dreams and our visions say more about our current circumstance than necessarily what our future might entail. So I think if, when you're in a stuck place, going out there and trying to, for me, trying to dream of something outside of myself or try and do something completely new, something it's try and conceive of the unconceivable rather than try and, you know, build something out of that place of stuckness. I don't know. I, I, to be honest, I haven't struggled a lot with that, that whole, um, that feeling of stuckness before, to be honest. Well, I always run pretty hard, even if it's in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, maybe that's some good advice though. Just run in a direction, get just moving. R- run hard. Who cares what direction it is? Just yeah. run hard. That's, that's hilarious. Good. Okay, this is the last question, Jay, our signature question here on the show. So for somebody who's going, who might be that person who does feel stuck or they're stuck in creative struggle, they haven't, their business hasn't popped. They haven't even started their business because they're terrified it's never going to pop. They did start their business. It's doing well. But then it was like, ah, COVID kind of hit and wrecked things. Like they're just stuck struggling as a creative. Why should someone be unapologetic about breaking that struggle, getting out of it? Why should someone care enough about themselves in order to do that? Yeah, man. Well, I, I think I just come back to those times when I'm in like in any place like that. And I think about the man I want to be when I'm 70, you know, I want to be some old wrinkled up man on a couch with a cigar in a library with family around me and telling stories. And I'm like, well, what, what actions can I take today to make sure that I can be that man that when you can look into my eyes at the age of 80, 85 and, and say, this guy found out this guy had a crack, you know, what, <laughs> <this guy had. laughs> what actions can I take to ensure that I, I can become that man? That's yeah. cool. That's that awesome. Cool. The old man with the bowl cut. I hope the bowl cut's still there. Oh, by dude. The time I, ho- have, I hope you have hair when you're, when you're 80, bro. Uh, hopefully it hangs around. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome what a good answer. Well, thank you so much. This is incredible. I feel like there's, gosh, we could have gone on for so much longer talking about different things. Yeah, some, some really good things. Yeah. Really so, good things. In thank there. you so for being where on can, here. Last question. End, end of end of show. Where can people find you? They want to go, oh, I want to like follow Jay. I want to follow what Lion's doing. Where can people find you? Yeah, cool. You can um, hit me up on Instagram. I'm just jtop, J-O-Y-T-O-P-P, but instead of an O, it's like a zero. And then Lion Social's Instagram is just lion.social. Cool. cool, cool. Awesome, dude. Well, thank you for dropping in today. I think you're 19 hours ahead. So it's cool we were able to make it work. <laughs> Something like that. But yeah, thanks, dude. Super appreciate it. And uh, I know everyone's going to get just a ton of value from that. So cheers, man. Cool. Thanks. Wow, that was a ton of fun. J top double P is awesome. With a with, with a bowl cut. With he doesn't have the bowl cut anymore. He no, did have the bowl cut. In, <laughs> in my mind, he still has the bowl cut. Yeah, you kind of you almost can't unsee it once you see a photo of Jay with it without his with his bowl cut. You can't unsee it. But that was an awesome episode, guys. Uh, wow, lead generation. 
Jay harped and harped and harped on lead generation. Your business is only as good as your lead generation. Yep. That, that, yeah, that's the quote. That's the quote of the day. Your business is only as good as your lead generation with Jay Top. So Jay, thank you if you're continuing to listen to this. Thank you for being on today, man. And everyone who's who just listened to that, thank you for being on. Again, you can check out Jay at Jay Top with two Ps and the uh, O is actually zero on Instagram. Or you can just go straight to his account, uh, which is agency account, and just go to lion.social. And you can kind of keep up with him and his team and what they're doing there. It's pretty fun to follow because it's it's new, it's innovative. And yeah, they're, they're pushing a lot of the stuff that we need to be focusing on as creative business owners constantly day to day. So I would encourage you to think about that, but think about what this episode means for you in your own business. What does it mean to really dive into generating more leads? What does it mean to draw better attention? And how are you going to convert that attention? Like Jay said, if you do not have leads, nothing else really matters. Like you could have anything else. Your brand could be great. You, you could even be phenomenal at sales, but if you don't have anybody to sell to, it's kind of just useless, right? So lead generation, having people come in the door is the key to not only growing a business, scaling a business, but it's also like he said, when you get a good lead generation system, the hustle actually stops. If you can automate your leads, then the hustle stops and it just becomes a lot more fun, which is what he ended with. You know, what's the best tip for growth? And he just said, have fun. The more fun you have, the more it's going to scale. So yeah, what an episode. What a crazy episode. So thanks for being on here. Thanks for listening. Hey, leave us a review. Leave us a five-star rating and then write us a five-star written review. We would just thank the world of you for doing that. That's uh, something we appreciate so much. It helps the show get out there. And yeah. Cool. Thanks, guys. Peace out. Thank you so much for joining us today. We were so happy to have you here. And do not forget to jump onto iTunes, give us a five-star rating and write a written review. That would mean the world to us. And we'll catch you next time on the Creative Rise podcast, where we believe you deserve to break the creative struggle and it should be simple. Peace.